Is there any husbands in the house tonight? Give me a wave tonight. You a husband, maybe a boyfriend, maybe a fiance, give me a little wave. Uh, there is something that happens when you get married. Boys, it's gonna, ha- it's gonna happen quicker than you know. You may have sat next to your wife at Youth Alive Conference this week. You just don't know. You just don't know. You never know. But uh, something happens when you get married. I, I found it happened from day one of my marriage was that a... Uh, a growing list began to take place of things that I needed to get done that for whatever reason had not yet been done. Wives, do you know what I'm talking about tonight? The, the infinite, the infamous list of things around the house that need to get done. Well, recently, uh, my wife was away. Uh, she was up here on the Gold Coast actually for a, for a Youth Alive meeting and she was rather chuffed about it because she said, I think it's the first time since we've had our little boy, uh, but she said to me, she goes, um, I am leaving you with a child and I get, to wait. I get to go away on a holiday called ministry, right? It's so funny. And uh, she was so excited about it. So she heads on the plane and, and, uh, and I'm there like looking after my little man. We had a good couple of days together. But I thought to myself, you know, okay, there are moments in life as a husband, as a man, where you've got to capitalise on your man card and take this thing to the next level. I mean, I was looking after my little boy for a couple of days that was getting me some good points, but I thought to myself, I am not going to let this opportunity pass without kicking some serious husband goals, right? So I, uh, I said to her, I said, babe, is there anything you want me to do while you're gone? And she's like, uh, yeah, you know, the giant list of things that I've had since day one we got married, that would be good, you know? So I thought, okay, you know, um, so I thought, all right, I'm going to get to work on that. And one of, the, one of the things on the list was that we had all of this kind of old furniture that we've been meaning to take to the Salvos forever. It's been gathering the dust in the shed. Who's got some of that? You know, the dust is so thick, you could like, you could wipe the finger, right? Baptise your finger in dust type thing. And we had a bunch of that in the shed. And uh, I figured to myself, man, I'm going to take this stuff down to the Salvos. I'm going to clean out the shed. I am going to polish my man card. I'm going to, she is going to come back and I am going to be husband of the year, right? Come on, who knows? So, so anyway, I decided to do it. And, you know, to be honest with you, it probably took me, you know, about one and a half hours to actually do, but I wasn't going to tell her that when she came back, right? I'm an exaggerator by nature. So, so, uh, I take all the furniture down to Salvo's and we chuck it in the trailer and we, we give it all off and it you know, went well. Me and my brother went and did it and Hannah comes home and I'm like, oh babe, I'm telling you what, go have a look at the shed. Where's all the furniture gone? I know, to the Salvo's, you know? And I'm like, let me tell you, it was 52 degrees. We were out there for eight hours. I mean, it was just me all by myself. I mean, my veins were popping out my neck. I was dripping sweat all over the floor. It was the most strenuous day of work. I've ever done in my life, but I did it for you, babe. I did it for you, you know, just talking myself up. Have you ever had a moment where you've had way too much faith in your own ability? Because what I was about to find out was that this is one of those moments. So she's like, oh my gosh, you did it. And I'm like, I did, I did, I did. Like I need a badge or something. It's so funny when a guy does something, we want an award. (laughs) And the girls are like, "Uh, this is every day of my life, you know, so... um, So, yes, who just said preach? All right, all the women in the house with some bent up frustration just let out a strong amen tonight. Okay, so ladies, that was your moment, right? That was your moment. You should have just said amen and looked at your husband, you know? So, 
So I'm like, I did it. And we're like inspecting the place where the furniture was. I'm like, it was here. Now it's not. And she's like, yes, that's very good, buddy. Well done, buddy. You know, like, like, and, uh, and she says, so, so you took like my mum's precious like heirloom drawers to, to my sister's house, like I said. And I'm like, <laughs> you know that moment where you know you are in trouble, like it's coming at you. And I'm like, ah, was that like the, the double, the double drawer set, the wooden one? She's like, yeah, yeah, that's the one. I'm like, um, I think I gave that to the salvos. And she's like, what? And I'm like, I, th- I think I gave it to the salvos. And I'm like, it's, it's fine though, babe. Like, it's fine. Like, it's the salvos. This stuff doesn't go quickly. I'm like, I only did it yesterday. Like, I'll call them up. I'm sure it's still there. And so I call up. I call up the store. I'm like, oh, hey, you know, I dropped some furniture. Hey, one of them I just need back. And they're like, we have no furniture in this store. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, we have no furniture in this store. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm like, so, so double set of drawers, is there that there? Can you look around? Like, oh yeah, that one, that one went in 20 minutes, you know? So it was a bad day in Wollong household. Have you ever had too much faith in yourself, right? Too much faith, overestimated your own ability. I, I think as, as people, we are prone to perhaps overestimating our ability and underestimating God's. But who knows in life that although we can definitely overestimate our ability, have too much faith in ourselves, come on, you can never have too much faith in your God, never too much faith in His capacity, never too much faith in His ability. This is who our God is. I wanna speak to you tonight about the topic, the subject of faith. Everyone say faith with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says this. It says, For we live... By faith, not by what we see with our eyes. We live by faith, not by what we see with our eyes. Faith is not meant to be a moment of your life. It is meant to be a rhythm of your life. We are meant to live by faith. But I think when it comes to faith, a lot of the time we have this this idea or this understanding of faith that maybe is a little bit off kilter. I think sometimes when we think of faith, we either think of faith as two extremes. We think of faith as that crazy person that we love from a distance, right? Who has a lot of faith, but we're a little bit scared of. Or we think of faith as that thing that we used one time when we got saved, but no longer really have an application for it. I think if we're not careful in life, faith for us can become this thing that we use for our salvation, but that's where it ends. That, that moment where you were in church or you were in a youth ministry or you were at a youth camp when you were young, I don't know what it was for you. I hope you've never forgotten the moment that faith first erupted in your heart. Come on, the joy of your salvation. That moment of faith, but if we're not careful, faith can stay in that moment and not actually translate to our Christian life. I think for a lot of us, faith can become like this car that we jumped in We drove the car to Salvation Town, but we parked it there. We fell asleep in the car, we put the handbrake on and we said, faith is good for salvation, but that's all. 
without understanding or without realising that there's another town after salvation called destiny and that faith wasn't just meant to get you from A to B, it was meant to get you from A to Z. Faith is not some beat up old car that gets you by. Faith is not that car that gets you a couple of hundred thousand kilometres and then you sell it for 200 bucks. No, faith was meant to give you unlimited capacity to step into the call of God on your life. It wasn't meant to get you from A to B. It was meant to get you from A to Z. It wasn't meant to be something you use just to get saved, but something that God wants to activate in your life, come on, on a daily basis to take you to the eternity, to the destiny, come on, that He has on your life. I want you to turn to the person next to you tonight and tell them we're going on a road trip. (laughs) We're going on a road trip. I hate road trips, just personally. Like, give me a beach and a resort any day of the week. I, I hate caravans and tents and all that. All right. Hebrews 11 is perhaps the most famous chapter on faith In the whole Bible, it defines for us the nature of faith. It defines for us what faith really means. It it demonstrates for us what a life marked by faith looks like in this hall of fame that's laid out before us. Describing the heroes of the faith, it says this, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 15 to 16. I'm gonna zoom in on this portion. It's an incredible chapter. Hebrews 11 will always get your heart exploding. If you've read Hebrews 11, you need to read that again. It is an amazing chapter. Hebrews 11, 15 to 16. If their hearts were still remembering what they left behind, they would have found an opportunity to go back. But they couldn't turn back for their hearts were fixed on what was far greater, that is the heavenly realm. The first thing you gotta know about faith is that faith leaves behind what is good because its heart is fixed on what is great. Faith is willing to leave behind good things in the pursuit of great things. You know, a lot of the time in church, we hear about the bad things we've gotta leave behind. And there are a lot of bad things we need to leave behind in life. There are some bad thought processes you might need to leave behind in 2019. There's some bitterness you might need to leave behind in 2019. There's some habits maybe that have been unhealthy that you might need to leave behind in 2019. No doubt there are bad things in life that our faith would cause us to leave behind. But do you know in life also, there are good things that your faith is going to cause you to leave behind. Because faith does not settle for what is good. Faith has an appetite for what is great. When God called Abraham to leave the land that he grew up in, right? He didn't say to him like, leave your evil father's home and your possessed mother's land, right? For a good land I will show you. No, He said, leave your father's home, leave your mother's land for a land I will show you. There was nothing wrong with it. It was good, but it wasn't great. It wasn't the fullness of what God actually had for Abraham's life. And the reality that I've found is sometimes the biggest enemy of great in your life is good in your life. Sometimes the biggest enemy of what is truly great, what God could truly do is the things that have simply become good in your life. Great things become good things when they become comfortable. 
If we're not careful, what used to take all of our faith, after a while starts taking no faith and a great thing becomes a good thing and it's become an enemy of a great thing that God wants to do in your life. For some of you, the first time you attended church, you walked in and it took all the faith you could muster just to walk through that door. I'm telling you, you were petrified. Your hand was shaken. You're thinking, why are all these people got questions, you know, during worship? Like it, it took all of your faith just to walk through that door. But then you kind of get settled and you get comfortable and, and, and you get into the rhythms of church and what used to, to take great faith now doesn't take any faith and it's just become a good thing you do, not a great thing that you're called to. Can I tell you today, if church has become stale for you, it's not because your church is stale, it's because your faith is stale. And God's saying, I want you to push in to great again in 2019. It's time to serve like you've never served before. Give like you've never given before. You and you alone are responsible for stepping into the greatness that God has for your life. Do not allow yourself to slip into good when you were called, come on, to great. Faith leaves behind what is good because it has an appetite. It has a pursuit of what is great. Never settle for good in your life. You have a God who has destined you for greatness. Come on, you're gonna step into it this year. You're gonna step into it this year. The second thing that faith does is faith rejects the immediate because it is captured by the ultimate. Faith rejects what is immediate because it's captured by the ultimate. Is there anyone in this room today, you have a cracked phone screen, just give me a little wave. Like it's like, it's a plague. Look, look at all these hands going up here. Like I, I'm a passionate iPhone lover. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm Apple till the day I die. I'm all over it. I don't care what your opinion is. I love it. I, I had my first, I, I got the first one, the Apple 3G. It's a tiny little thing. Anyway, a couple of years ago, um, when the iPhone 10 came out, I had like an iPhone 6. And you know when your phone has like been to war? Like it's like a veteran, you know, it's just like the screen is broken and like the, the I remember like my screen was just destroyed and then, you know, it was like, it was almost possessed. It was like pushing buttons on its own and all this stuff was going on and liking people's photos on Instagram and weird stuff. And people were like, did you? You know, all that. And, um, and I wanted so desperately to get rid of it. And then, you know, we're pulling it out the car. Who knows when you've got a baby, it's like your arms are always full. And babies don't just sit there like, <laughs> like the moment they get in your arms, they're doing like, you know, so it's like it becomes a becomes a dance. So we're getting out of the car and my wife's holding my phone and of course she drops it and she destroys the last good piece of that phone, the camera, like it lands on the camera and destroys it. And I'm like, this is now completely broken. You know, so I'm calling everyone on Siri for the rest of the week, you know. And, and what I knew was that, uh, what I'd heard, I'm, I'm a bit of a geek, I knew that like the iPhone 10 was coming, right? I was all over it. I knew it was coming. So I was holding out. I'm like, I don't want to get my screen fixed. I don't want to like settle for another phone. Like I know this thing is coming, so I'm going to wait. And then Apple did this thing that no one saw coming. Sneaky Apple. Sneaky, sneaky. They released this, this demonic temptation called the iPhone 8 between the iPhone 10 just a few months beforehand. And I remember looking at all my friends that were walking out with their iPhone 8s. So I'm, like, <laughs> I'm there like my fingers are bleeding when I scroll thinking... 
man, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so, so, so I remember just saying, I, think I'm, I'm, I just want to get it. I want to get it. And I, I controlled myself. And can I tell you, on the day it was released, I walked into the Elizabeth Shopping Centre in Adelaide. I walked into Optus and I claimed my iPhone 10 and it was worth the wait. Some of you are like, why are we clapping about this? Okay. The only reason I was able to resist the immediate temptation to get that iPhone 8 is because I had an ultimate conviction that there was something better. I knew that something better was coming and that faith in the ultimate enabled me to resist the immediate. I rejected the media because I was captured by the ultimate. Hebrews eleven twenty six says, it's talking of Moses, it says, His eyes looked with wonder, not on the immediate, but on the ultimate. Faith's great reward. Here's what I found, is faith in God's ultimate for your life will decide all of your immediates in life. When you know what God has for you ultimately, it will give you the wisdom when it comes to deciding what you should do immediately. You know, when God called us to plant this church and and we started telling people what was in our hearts, this really difficult season started to unravel around us where people knew we were kind of like on the table, like up for grabs. And, And they just start saying stuff, well, you could plant a church or maybe you could just do this for us instead or, or this for us instead or this for us instead. And, and all of this opportunity started opening up and what it did was it made me question. I'm like, well, God, are we really called to this? Like, what's going on? But, but after searching and praying and, and understanding something, what I realised is that God had placed a dream in our heart for a radical revival to be birthed in Adelaide. He'd given us a promise that this is what we were called to be a part of. And faith in that immediate, so faith in that ultimate enabled us to say no to all of the tempting immediate options because we actually had a promise from God for our ultimate, for His best for our life that was greater than any immediate temptation. Can I tell you today, faith in God's ultimate for your life will decide all of your immediates in life for you. But sometimes we get into this rhythm, we get into this habit of having more faith in the devil's ultimate worst for our life and making immediate decisions based on that reality than we do on making decisions based on God's ultimate best. Far be it from the people of God, far be it from my life that I would make decisions in the immediate having more faith in what the devil would have happened in my life than what God would have happened. No, the moment we believe God's ultimate for our life, it makes all the decisions for us. People have said, you know, like, you don't even know that's gonna happen, bro. Like, how do you know? But there's gonna be some radical revival in Adelaide. Like, and I'm like, well, there's this thing, if you've ever read the Bible, it's called um, faith. Faith. And faith in that ultimate is steering every immediate decision in our life right now. And can I tell you, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be happier. Um, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all, listen to this now, it is all the evidence required to prove what is unseen. Wow, 
Let me say that again. It is all the evidence required to prove what is unseen. Come on, we gotta get a faith rise up in us tonight that says all the evidence I need, all the evidence that is required is faith in God's promise for my life, faith in God's ultimate for my life, faith in what God has spoken over me. That will be the evidence on which I move forward in life. Come on, is anyone excited about that tonight? Wow. The third thing that faith does is this. Maybe I have the keys join me, that'd be great. I'm pointing at the drum kit, like that's a keyboard. It's definitely not. Um, if I could have the drums join me, you know, imagine that. Just there, this tender moment. You know, okay. <laughs> that's where my brain goes. It's very easily distracted. Number three, faith travels to the future and pulls it into the present. Faith travels to the future and pulls it into the present. 